Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Family is honestly the basic unit of society. And if the enemy wants to destroy any society, he will attack the family. Any dysfunction, a small dysfunction in family will lead to a big dysfunction in individual lives. And it will eventually lead to a bigger dysfunction in society. And then when you think about the nation, it can destroy a nation. So Satan doesn't need to come with a big plan to destroy a nation. He just, you need to give him a foothold in families and he will grip the nation. Right now we can see nations that are crumbling because families are under attack. But I've got good news for you. God has a special plan for your family. He wants your family to be healthy, strong, blessed, and vibrant. He can do it. And his word has principles that will help you to have that kind of family. So we began by saying God is the designer of family. He's the creator of family. And then we talked about strengthening the marriage bond in a family between husband and wife. And then we went on and talked about intentional parenting. And last week we handled uh, uh, communication, healthy communication in families. Well, today I want to deal with another subject that's so important when it comes to family, and that is finances. Money matters matter in family. And one of the greatest sources of, of pain when it comes to families is in the area of finances. And so this message is for you if you're already married with a family, but it is also for you uh, if you're a single person and you want to have a family one day, but really every single one of us belongs to a family. And money matters are real. So we want to deal with the subject of stewarding family finances. That's what I want to talk about. And uh, it's important why. Because the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. That's why stewardship is important of our finances. Because they'll help us to provide for our families and even be a blessing. The other reason why stewarding family finances is such an important subject is because of the legacy that you can leave if you manage your finances well as a family. You will be a blessing not only to your family, but to your children's children. Here's what the Bible says. A good person, Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22. A good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. 
But a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. One time someone was helping me understand the scripture. And I, I don't know if it was uh, based on the Jewish culture of the day. Uh, and trying to help me appreciate what this really means. And I thought I'm going to take it on. Because I love the sound of it. A good person leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Meaning that you must never think about your finances just for a single generation. You need to be thinking for the next generation and the next. And here's what he said to me that that, that culture, what a dad and mom do is to actually plan for their grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And the best way to plan for your grandchildren and great-grandchildren is by investing in your children today. And so, here are some of the things that happen. And they said, very practically. He said, that culture picks up the biggest costs that their children will have when they start their own families. First is, you cannot continue staying in daddy and mommy's house. You got to get out to start your own. And so they think about the accommodation needs of their children. And they begin to plan for them. Secondly, the children are going to try as much as they can to spend on their grandchildren, the parents' grandchildren's education. So they think about that. Education is going to be a big expense that our children will, will have to incur as they begin their families. Thirdly, they think about the health of their grandchildren. Now, if you are a couple and you're here, you started your family, those three are your biggest costs. You got to pay for your housing. You got to pay for your kids' education. You got to make sure your kids are well. And so here's what the parents do. They take care of those three bills. <laughs> for the sake of their grandchildren. Think for a moment. If you didn't have to worry about your accommodation, the education of your kids, and their health, it sets you up for success. Wow. Just think of it. And so what do they do? They will tell their children, I'm going to take care of your accommodation. Either I'll foot rent for you or help you purchase your own home. I'll do that. I'll help you. I'm going to help. Don't worry about the grandchildren's education. I'm going to take care of it. And I'm also going to make sure they're healthy. That releases their children to begin to steward the money they start earning. Because you don't start big, you start small. And you teach them principles. And they begin to work through those principles. Also preparing to leave an inheritance for their children's. That can game change an entire society. I've decided my wife and I to attempt that. Because if you're going to be a first generation thinking like that, it takes double work, triple work. 
Now some of us are children, we like to hear this scripture because we are waiting for inheritance. Think I'm a pastor, preach it. No, 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 no. I want you to start right now thinking about finances, not just for you. Because the world thinks about consuming. Spend on me. I make all of it for me. I want you to think like the Bible, multi-generations, generations down the road when it comes to finances. God is interested in every detail of our life. He wants to bless your family financially. What does that look like? Financial blessing in a family means you have financial peace. More than financial freedom is financial peace because many families lack peace financially. In fact, they have more anxiety and worry when it comes to finances. God wants you to have financial peace. The other aspect of financial blessing is God wants you to prosper in your finances. He wants you to grow in your finances. Because when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. And so if the city is going to rejoice, what is God going to do? He's going to prosper the righteous. Proverbs also says, when the wicked are succeeding, people are in pain and they are crying. God wants you to prosper. Two basic foundations as well when it comes to stewarding family finances. And you cannot do away with these two. Number one, you must acknowledge God as your only source. When it comes to finances, God is our source. You have to embrace that and believe that. But the other key foundational stone when it comes to stewarding family finances is that unity in stewarding family finances is key to having a healthy family. Unity is vital. When it comes to God being our source, God has no problem. He wants to provide. The issue is how we steward family finances. And a lack of unity in our family finances is the cause of so much pain in families. So I want to expound a little bit on the subject of unity in family finances. Why is this so important? Psalm 133 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard. It's refreshing down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hammon uh, were falling on Mount Zion. For there, where there is unity, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. When you are united in your family finances, you attract the blessing of God. So how do we build unity in finances as a family, as a couple? Number one, you got to have a common 
shared family vision. A shared family vision. The moment there's no common vision for the family, finances become a problem. But when you have vision, those finances enable you to start fulfilling that, fi that family vision. The big challenge today is that the husband has a vision, the wife has a vision, the children have a vision, and the visions don't intersect. So what happens? Everyone is trying to fulfill their vision in the family. And that hurts. You know, Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 says, Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? When there's no agreed vision, it is hard to walk together. And instead what happens is the money that God provides, instead of bringing unity, it starts to breed disunity and quarrels and fights. Eventually, families say we cannot stay together because the visions cannot somehow synchronize and they end up separating. And it hurts them. It hurts the families. That's what it does. Because listen to me, my friends. Money without vision will bring division in the family. Let me say it again. Money, finances, without a common family vision will bring division in the family. Young man, young woman, before you say I do, make sure you have a common vision together. If your vision as a young man is to be the best farmer, in your village and your fiance's vision is to be a celebrity in Hollywood think again because <laughs> that combination is going to be something and so share this vision unless your common vision is to produce the best agriculture movies in Hollywood. That might work. The young men, young women, before you say I do, make sure there's a, a common understanding of vision. Husbands and wives, if you've never had the opportunity to sit together and embrace a common family vision, I encourage you to do this. Because here's what Ecclesiastes says, two are better than one. Because they have a good return for their labor. You know what? Today, husband, you are the one providing for the family. You have much, but tomorrow it can change. And the wife is the one in the place where she's providing. It can change for both of you. And it's the children who are in the place that they can provide. When you have a common vision... It doesn't matter where the source of income comes from. You are going to continue to be healthy and build strong. That's why embracing this common vision is, is important.
have a common family vision. When Vanita, my wife and I, have a little bed, it even doesn't have to be big, a small difference in how to use our finances, vision for our finances, boy, it begins to wreck our relationship. And couples, you know that. Until we resolve, because we have decided we are family, we're going to embrace a common family vision. So that's where it starts. Have a common family vision. Where do you want to live? What kind of family do you want to have? Where do you want your children to go to school? Those things are important. How are you going to utilize your resources to advance your family plans? That's absolutely key. So the first thing is make sure you have a common vision if you're going to build unity in your finances. But secondly, be transparent. Can I hear an amen? Money matters are heart matters. In fact, someone said there's a string between the heart and the pocket. And so when you touch the pocket, the heart begins to tingle a little bit. But be transparent. You see, without trans being transparent, there's no trust. And you can never build a healthy family without trust, especially in the area of finances. When Paul was stewarding the gift that was given by the generosity of the Macedonian church, he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 20 and 21. He said, we want to avoid any criticism of the way we administer this liberal gift, the free gift that you gave. For we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of man. Saying we want to be as transparent as we can be. And this will avoid suspicion. How many couples live in suspicion of each other in finances. You cannot build a family based on suspicion. And the way to overcome suspicion is through transparency. When there is trust, let me tell you, the speed of how you progress as a family is way higher. In fact, someone wrote a book called The Speed of Trust. And it was for organizations. Pretty much saying when, when there's trust within the teams in an organization, performance goes through the roof. This is true of families as well. We are quick when the government says, all public servants declare your wealth. My goodness, we are happy. We are on Twitter. We are everywhere. Declare your wealth. Declare your wealth. But at home, where you are the governor of your household, have you declared your wealth? Does your spouse know your income, your assets? 
Do your children know? Do you know how hard it is when you have not disclosed some of these things and one day you're not around? Do you know the pain it causes? People taking from your kids and harassing your spouse because somehow you didn't declare certain things. People fighting for them. This transparency matter is so important, my friends. Young couples today are getting married and some of them are getting married when they have uh, acquired some assets and possessions. And here's what's up, a lie that they have believed. They've said to themselves, whatever I had before we met is mine. The only things that belong to this family are the things we start getting now. When you're making the vows, you're telling lies. When you say, all I have, I lay down so we have a great... No. You've held back some things. You should tell us to adjust your vows so that day you come. I have some things. I'm not going to tell you about them. But the ones we will have from now on, we will lay down our lives for. And see if she will say, I do. She will say, I doubt. And she will walk away. But that's the thing. But some people are even much smarter. They will say, ah, I'll just not disclose. And so they have property, they have financial instruments, they've left them with lawyers. And who is on their next of kin? Their sister, their mother. How do you begin to build family like that? Today I challenge you. Be transparent in your finances. You see, your spouse may not know. He knows. Man, this is a little tough, but it is the truth. Let me read you a scripture. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25 says this. Stop lying to each other. Tell the truth. For we are parts of each other. And when we lie to each other, we are hurting ourselves. To build unity in our family finances so we steward them well, there has to be transparency. The other one, and I'm not going to go through it very much because uh, there's a lot of avenues to learn about this, this, is practicing financial stewardship principles. So budgeting and saving and having a plan, the investment, all of those. We have our marketplace ministry. They're able to, we have equipped streams that can help you learn how to manage those finances well. So I won't go into the details of that, but that is important because you need to practice these uh, stewardship principles of finances together. So it means you have a budget together. You agree how you're going to spend this money. You agree how you're going to save. You agree where you're going to invest. And this cannot happen when there's no transparency. It can't happen when there's no vision. Many people run to this without budget, without a vision. What's that? And so you know what, how people budget without a vision? They only think of the things they are, they are spending. What's the bill? What's the bill? What's the bill? You cannot grow your, 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 your family finances by just clearing bills. You've got to have a vision. 
somewhere you want to go to and you walk towards it. So these principles are very important. I won't go through them. You can uh, go to some of our marketplace uh, people and they will help you. But the final one I want to mention when it comes to building unity in stewarding family finances is we must honor God, like I said it at the start, as the source of all our finances. You must decide as a family to honor God. Deuteronomy 8 verse 11 says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms this covenant which is swore to your ancestors as it is today. You remind yourself that this job, this ability to do business, in fact, even this blessing of an inheritance, whatever gift I have has come from God. And you must acknowledge that. When you have this final piece, the rest becomes easy. Because then I don't have to hide. When God has blessed me with a gift, when there's a financial increase. Psalm 24 says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. It is God who owns everything. And he's the source of all our finances. Hey guy, God declares the silver is his, the gold is his. It belongs to him. And he, because he owns it, he can provide for you. Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your produce, then your burns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. You cannot go wrong by honoring God. Decide as a family. We will be a family that honors God with our finances. When you return the tithe, you have actually acknowledged God. Because you are saying, God, I put you first because I recognize you are my provider. So when you tithe, you're not just giving to church, you're actually acknowledging God. When you are generous, you're saying, God, as you have been good to me, I want to be good to others. You honor him by being generous honor God and my final thought on this is this make sure that you honor God above money there are families that have it the other way around they honor money above God there's a couple in the Bible Ananias and Sapphira they followed the other principles but didn't honor God. They in fact came and brought an offering but they had agreed not to honor God. And what happened for their family was destruction. Please listen to me. Don't let money become an idol. 
When money becomes your master, it will destroy your family. But money submitted to God becomes a blessing to the family. And so here's what Paul said to Timothy, and I want to say to you as I close. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6 to 10. Godliness, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into the temptation and the trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Don't let money be the primary driver in your family or even your life. So I started by saying God wants to bless our families financially. He wants us to have financial peace and financial prosperity. That's God's desire. The foundations for having healthy finances in the family, we must acknowledge that God is the source. But secondly, we must practice unity in stewarding family finances. How? Have a common vision. Be transparent. Practice healthy financial habits. But make sure in whatever you do, you honor him. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for this subject. I want to thank you so much that you, you want to bless. You want our families to have financial peace. You want us to prosper in our finances so we can be a blessing. But Lord, I also know that families go through various strains when it comes to finances. And so much grief and pain has been caused because of financial matters in a family. But today I'm praying for healing. You're here and you're saying, Pastor, please do pray with me. My family is not in the right place. In fact, we are now divided because of financial matters. My husband and I don't speak together. Or maybe you have believed the lie of, of I got to do my own thing without disclosing to the family. And you know the pain that has been caused because of this area. I want to pray for you today and believe God to begin to restore your family and restore health in the finances. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you right now, saying I need God to come through for my family financially. Thank you, all those hands that are going around. God, you see those hands. And I pray today by your grace, come through for these families. I pray for families to get a common vision that comes from you. 
I pray for those that have struggled with transparency that Lord, today you will begin to help them to start to talk about this matter of finances in the family. It may not be easy. A lot of pain may be in the past. But God, I pray for a clean break and a fresh start. I pray for families who have not stewarded their finances well and now they are in debt, heavy debt. Oh God, I pray today. Begin to help them to walk out of this debt situation. I pray for those that are struggling to meet their everyday bills. You are our source. Provide almighty God. While all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you may put down your hands, my friends. Beyond God wanting to bless you financially, God actually is interested in your life holistically. Are you in a proper relationship with God? Are you born again? Before I close, I want to pray with you whether you're online, on air, or right here in the auditorium saying pastor not only am i not in the right place in my finances i'm actually my life is not in the right place with god i feel empty i feel lost i feel broken god knows god sees but he came to heal the broken hearts he came to save us he came that we may have life in its fullness so if you're here today and you're saying pastor please pray with me i want to accept jesus as my lord and savior wherever you are in the building online on air raise your hand right now say that's me pastor pray for me i want to give my life to jesus thank you raise those hands if you're watching online you can raise that virtual hand and someone is going to be with you and connect with you thank you sir god bless you is there any other person you're saying hey that's me pastor please do pray with me pray with me upstairs i have a friend who's going to come to you and uh we want to help you start this journey wow thank you online thank you very much i know someone is reaching out to you would you join me in this prayer everybody in the building those online would you repeat this prayer after me say dear jesus i thank you that you love me today i ask you to forgive me of all my sin and make me a child of God. I confess with my mouth. And believe in my heart. That Jesus. You're my Lord. And my Savior. Amen. Come on let's celebrate our friends. That have made that decision. Yeah. Come on. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time. As we delve into the word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling. Write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey, hey,